You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison. Here's Dave Cribb. Oi, oi. And Dave, you'd like to start this week's episode with a message that we had, um, which we didn't include in... Um, well, we did reference it in Correspondence, which is our spin-off, which is available only to Patreon subscribers for three pounds a month. Patreon.com forward slash... Friends pod. I think, is, right? is it? Is sure. Right? I'll check it so. as you ask the question. Uh, we thought we'd share this message, which comes from Suitcase Monkey. It is Friends Pod, yes. Patreon.com okay, forward slash Friends Pod. Got that right. Yeah. And here is a little glimpse at the absolute fucking dynamite you're missing out on. <laughs> Suitcase Monkey says, Hi there, when my wife and I were listening to last week's episode, can't quite work out which episode that was referring to, because this message is one I didn't spot for a couple of weeks. Uh, We were both stunned to hear that Dave doesn't watch movies. Uh, Our minds were blown, especially for someone within the entertainment world. That's you, Dave. You're within the entertainment world. Thank you. Uh, Can Dave please explain why he has put this outrageous barrier into his life? Where did that come from? Please help us understand... (laughs) It's the most strange thing we've ever heard. Love the pod from Suitcase Monkey. Wow, that's that's the strangest thing you've ever heard. I think I know why this would be. Yeah, I can do it quickly and efficiently, Pete, in two points. Would you like to guess them? Attention span. Right. Yeah, that that plays into it heavily, yes. Uh, Uh, Yeah, that's basically it. That's basically it. So, right, here are are the two things, and I won't bore you for too long. One, all films... Attention and your span of it. Yeah, all films are too long, right, these days. Yeah. Mother Christmas Carol, as we've talked about previously, the perfect film, not only for the joyous... Uh, retelling of the story, the songs and everything, but because it's 91 minutes long, and that is perfect, right? Happy days. Why uh, am I going to sit and watch Oppenheimer for seven and a half hours? Yeah, ridiculous. Frankly, and this this plays into it as well, I'm a man of a certain age, Pete. My bladder won't last that long. I need absolutely to know when I'm next going to be up. You know, I don't want to miss a bit of the film. I love the cinema. I do. I really like it, but I just don't go very often because... I went to the cinema on Friday and the film I saw was one hour and 40 minutes long. Fine. Great. Thrilled. What was it? All of Us Strangers. Is it good? I've heard good things. It is good. But? But it's it's really bleak. Is it? Uh, Yeah. Okay, fine. And we went on a Friday night. Friday night to watch a couple of sad gays. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't need to go to the cinema to see sad gays. So go and watch this kind of groups. plays into my thing as well because, like, you have to be have, have to be in a certain mood for a, a film if it's going to be, you know, of any sort of genre like that. You need to, and you might watch that at home, Pete. On a, I don't know, I don't know. Well, see, when it, when would that even be good, frankly? Like a Tuesday night when you're just a bit like, oh, let's watch something, and then yeah. we've got work the next day, so we're a bit depressed anyway. You know that kind of thing. That's fine. Anyway. I, the main thing for me is that films these days fall into uh, the category of being too short and too long at the same time. Yeah. So too long, as I've discussed, I don't want to sit for like three hours and just not go to the loo and watch a thing. But then actually, if it's a really good story, because uh, we live in a world of like really fucking good television, three hours yeah. is too short to tell a good story these days for me. I'm like, I want loads more. I want to watch... 19 hours one hour episode yeah Yeah. okay do you know what i mean so i'm like it's either too long for a single sit down or i just find it a bit too short to really like get me excited so i sit down and watch a film and think oh no matter how much i get into this world of these characters it's gonna be over in two and a half hours that's a bit sad isn't it Shall we instead discuss the 22-minute-long episode of Friends that yes, we're doing this Yes, but then week? I could watch 15 of in a row without balking at it, Pete, and just pause and yeah. nip to the loo. This is the thing. It isn't about length of sort of that it's too long per se, because I'll watch 100 episodes of short things all the time. Anyway, and here ends our movie critiquing podcast, and... It's the first and last episode of our movie podcast. You because say, we you haven't say critiqued that. any movies. We've just I was going to say, you've just <laughs> criticised like, the, the con- length of the, all films, the, the concept, concept of a film. Of, <laughs> the concept of movies with Dave yeah. and Pete. Um, okay. Oh, I had a really good idea for a podcast, by the way, while we're, while we're off topic. Was it three hours long? It was three hours long. I discovered today, uh, and you might have seen this, I think someone put it on TikTok, that Heathrow sells old luggage. Oh, do you know about this? No. There's a company, and it's not just Heathrow, they take it from all airports and like transit. If there's a, if there's, after a certain length of time, if luggage hasn't been claimed, uh, the, like the airports sell it off. Well, like, like a goodie bag, you get like what's in it. Like a goodie bag. It's oh, astonishing. Right? Oh, but do you know what? That's, that's so high risk. Right. Because you could get like gold bars. Yeah. Or you could get, soil pants right i know and it's not cheap it's 80 quid a pop right but i think I think, I think bigger than a podcast i want like there's a game show in that right well maybe there is actually yeah but i thought what a good podcast would it be if you if we just bought one each episode and just went through the contents <laughs> of someone's old suitcase with gloves on with gloves on but then you give the suitcase away at the end as a prize as well to a listener and also right. but the prize is delayed by another same month because we we're giving the owner of that suitcase an extra an extended time to reclaim that nice. bag if they recognise it's quite the an ex- by our very modest budget though Dave eighty pounds expenditure per oh, week pitching, for I'm a pitching podcast this, mate. I'm pitching quite... this to BBC Sounds or something you know yeah, like, this needs yeah, budget okay. behind it doesn't it let's get audible yeah. let's get let's get Bezos's money behind it yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd say that out loud now, so in case anyone starts a podcast like that, I've got a record. As what of are you today. calling it? Uh, oh, I don't know. I think we've wasted people's time enough. I don't want to do a brainstorming session on the name of the suitcase podcast. Okay. But if you have any ideas, let us know. And then I'll give you some credit and maybe some royalties if I go for it. Happy with that? Should we move on? I've, yeah, I just always enough. worry that the people that have only just joined this podcast now have listened to absolute whiffle waffle for... 
Oh, it's their own fault. <laughs> they've come for a Friends podcast and they've got utter shite for five minutes. Anyway, we'll talk about Friends now. I mean, they yeah, you should know the format of podcasts by now, especially podcasts hosted by two white guys in their 30s. <laughs> they just chat nonsense for a while. Yeah. And actually, by yeah. those standards, I think we're quite efficient and we do mostly talk about Friends, don't we? So should we do that now? Yeah, okay. Who's this week's requester? This week's requester, Peter, is Lapita. Lapita says. Oh. <laughs> now, Lapita has started <laughs> the message with Happy New Year, Dave and Pete. Now, <laughs> which year do you mean, Lapita? Because it could be anything in the last decade. <laughs> I mean, it won't be a message we've received within the last month. So, no. Can, is it twenty twenty three New Year? I think it's twenty twenty three. Lapita is all about here. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope so. Let's hope so. Hey, happy New Year! I hope the whole year was good for you, Lapita. Uh, and it's nice to know that you can review the whole thing now. Greetings from the San Francisco Bay Area. Love the podcast. Uh, with two heart emojis and, like, stars and stuff. That's very nice. Just discovered your podcast this fall. Uh, for English listeners, that is autumn. And I've already gone through every back catalogue. And as we know, people, that's autumn 2022. It's a new year 2023. So that is pretty impressive, frankly. Um, I was so excited to see one of my all-time favourite episodes was still up for grabs. The one with Monica's boots. It's peak Phoebe madness. She delivers my favourite line of the episode. Now, Ben, sometimes people may seem like jerks on the outside, but they have famous fathers. <laughs> Keep yeah, up the good work. Good. Thanks again for all the work you put in the podcast. Take care, Lapita. Uh, thank you, Lapita. Thank you for your thanks. That's a very nice That's message. Very nice. Very lovely. Um, it is peak Phoebe madness. She delivers a lot of funny lines, but amidst some, I'd say, frankly, unhinged and worrying behaviour. Uh, there's a few um, personal data issues, <laughs> yeah, I think, with, really are, with how easy it is for Phoebe to end up in Sting's actual living room. But it's all plausible, isn't it, to a point? Oh, yeah, it is. Actually, let's, let's not get into this too early before we actually get into the meat of it. Shall, shall I give you a synopsis? Yeah, go on. Uh, season 8, episode 10, the one walkers in Monica Boots. Didn't say the word Monica what? very well there, did I? Um, then, uh, 227409 yeah okay 409 that's a decent ending Chandler disapproves when Monica buys expensive boots but she promises to wear them all the time she's then afraid to tell him how much they hurt her feet Joey's younger sister Dina seeks Rachel's advice after becoming pregnant and when Phoebe learns that Sting's son is in Ben's class she pretends to be Ben's mother to meet Sting and try and get tickets to his concert um, I tell you what. Before we go into I, any three of these topics, it's quite men judging womeny this episode, isn't it? Between Chandler being quite judgmental about Monica's boots and Joey being very judgmental about his sister getting pregnant, it's um, it's it's an interesting tone. Some of this episode takes it is, but well, should we start with should we start with Joey and his sister? Yeah, right. Let's do it because I, I do think that it it doesn't quite feel like it fits with Joey's character. No, and like his, or his sort of like uh, reflex reaction of anger doesn't quite feel like it fits because he has been so supportive. And I know it ends up being this sort of point of comparison, right? He ends mm. up softening because of Rachel pointing out how supportive he's been with her yeah but it just doesn't quite feel like joey would be so angry with his sister who was in quite a vulnerable 
situation. Yeah, he's he's not. It's not even that he's not supportive. It's that he's sort of outwardly goes the other way. You know, he's it's, it's quite 1950s his reaction, isn't it? Like, well, he basically says, you're really fucking stupid. You're really stupid, and how can you possibly have a baby without getting married? Like, it doesn't scream 21st century feminism, no. does it? Um, no. And he sort of storms off and says, I can't even look at her. And I just think, actually, so I understand his reaction to a point initially, which is he doesn't like thinking of his baby sister as someone that's had sex. That's kind of where the comedy would lie, I think, you know, without being actually judgy about the pregnancy. But frankly, of all the people in the world, Joey being judgmental about sort of someone that's had casual sex. sex. Wild, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely wild. I do absolutely love the father of Dina's baby. I think... He has quite a... He has quite a Frank, Frank Jr. energy. Yes, he does, he does. I was thinking but, uh, this. I was thinking, actually, the mistake of Joey, the spin-off, wouldn't a spin-off with Frank Jr. and Bobby have been yeah. something to watch? I just love uh, the fact his band's called Numb Nuts. No. <laughs> the, to answer your question, it's, it's straight, straight up, up gangster rap. rap. <laughs> really, really good. He only has about four lines, but every single one of them made me like laugh out loud. Oh, he's great. And I love, like... He seems quite sweet as well. Like when Joey and his sister have that moment, and and I can't remember his name. What's his name? Bobby. Bobby. And Bobby like tries to hug Rachel. Yes. It's just he's quite sort of sweet and puppyish. He's simple, but heart in the very much in the right place, right? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's me. It's just me and my pal Rooster. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, every single every single line he says. Like, even when he comes in being dragged on his ear by Joey, it's like, hey, Dina, good to see you again. You know, the way he delivers all those lines is it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, um, he's good. That was my big takeaway from this episode. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. There's actually some very good lines as well in this in this storyline, despite Joey's strange, strange attitude. I like the, um, at the start, the she's the clever Tribbiani. You know, you know the SATs? She took them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is good. And then Joey, uh, when he first introduced her and thinks they want to talk about fashion, uh, I'll leave you two fascists to it. Definitely a joke I didn't get the first time I watched this, I don't think. Um, like as a kid, you know? It's like one of those words that until you learn what it means, probably didn't, didn't really clock why that was funny. It also, um, I think... It's a kind of like plausible level of Joey stupidity. Like, oh, I know we've talked about how it it goes too far and it tips into utter chaos. But like him confusing the word fascist with someone who works in fashion, like that that's mm. that's a mistake that someone might make. Oh yeah, Joey definitely. I think I think that's the I think that's the perfect line actually of of Joey thicket thickness. A joke yeah. that genuinely makes me laugh because it's a funny, well thought out joke, and something that someone with, you know, a limited vocabulary for whatever might reach for because they've heard that word and think that's that's what it means. Having said that, I've just thought back back over the sort of timeline. When did this episode come out, Pete? Oh, I can tell you, I've got the synopsis right here. Yeah, two thousand and one. Now, Pete, I was fifteen. I definitely would have known what a fascist was at fifteen when this episode yeah. came out. I just don't remember it sort of ringing as uh as as funnily as it as it did then but i really enjoyed it watching it back uh so anyway joey introduces dina doesn't need to rachel they want to talk about fashion actually before rachel before dina sort of does her big reveal 
Rachel conducts that meeting in a very strange way, doesn't she? She doesn't <laughs> ask Dina anything about about it. Like, I imagine you've done this sort of meeting before. I've done it quite a lot with people who want to get into radio or podcasts or whatever. And they're sort of like, oh, can we have a meeting for coffee and have some advice? And firstly, like Rachel does, you go, what with me? Like, what, yeah, what see, can I this possibly is the thing. offer? Nothing makes me feel like more of an imposter yes. in my line of work than someone asking me for advice about the line of work. Yeah. And like, I do know things about what I do for a living. Yeah. Like, I would like to think I am, I have like some level of, of, of experience to, to share. Of course. But even so, if anyone sits opposite you and they're like, please, can you tell me about this, this and this? I'll say a couple of sentences, and in my head, I'll just be thinking, you have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> Where's this sentence going, Pete? You don't I, know where this point's going. I had going. to do a session the other day with over a hundred people <laughs> listening to me talk about my work, and it was stuff that like, I should have been able to talk. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure I was talking about it with, like, I'm sure it was useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in my head, after every answer to every question, I was like, you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the thing is, so imagine you'd been put in that position with Dina. The first thing I would have done was go, right, tell me, like, what what do you want to do? What are you interested in? Why did you want to talk to me? Whereas Rachel just sort of goes, right, let me tell you about the different elements of fashion. There's sales and marketing. And I was like, this is such a weird lecture to start before you've even asked her a single question. Yeah, she gauges no information about Dina's. Well, she doesn't even have any interest in it, does she, really? No, She's no, no, exactly, say, exactly. She could have saved himself some of that awkwardness. Um, but anyway, yeah, there we go. Well, we get to a nice conclusion at the end, and it gives sort of a slightly different spin on the Rachel being pregnant storyline, which I think is actually quite clever from a writing point of view. You know, it gives a different perspective on it. And and it is a, it's a good message at the end of the day from the show, isn't it, about as it was probably then, modern parenting, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and, and sort of this, these situations being normalised, but it's just a strange way they get about get, get to it with Joey's attitude. But there you go. All's well that ends well, hey, Pete? That's true. Boots? Yeah... I think Boots is the strange... Like, Boots, for me, is a classic season eight storyline. Someone's gone in a writer's room. Uh, Monica, what could she do this episode? Buy some new shoes? All right, that'll do. An item of clothing that's more expensive than her monthly rent. Right, this is... My question is, the first question I've written down on my notes is, how much do you think these boots cost? Because they're clearly too expensive. They're not like... $300 $300 where you're like, that is a lot of money to spend on something, but okay, it'll make you happy. I don't think they're even $1,000 where you're like, Jesus, that's a lot, but you know, treat yourself. The way Chandler reacts to it is like, we'll never eat again. I know he says something along those lines, but it's, how, what what number do you think we're talking here? If um, If they are so like inexplicably painful. Yeah. Presumably she tried them on, and like, well, I don't know. Normally, if you if you have an uncomfortable pair of shoes, you like break them in, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So 
I think she just needed to persist with them and she'd have been fine. Well, also, if they are that expensive and that uncomfortable, I'm sure you take them back and get them adjusted in some way, right? Well, she also makes a reference to the fact that they're filled with her blood, which, <laughs> it's like, which is a horrendous image. It is horrible, but I, I mean, have you, I'm sure you've had an experience with shoes that are too small, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it is one of the worst sort of everyday feelings you can have i think I, I bought a pair of trainers years ago my early 20s and sort of put them on and went oh yeah they're all right i'll wear them in and then went on a night out and ended up like staying out all night and i have a very vivid memory of for some reason we ended up in harrow of walking back the next morning to harrow on the hill tube station it, like I was Monica on those shoes, in crippling, crippling pain. Did uh, you make orgasm noises when you eventually took them off? Uh, I don't think so. I probably just sort of screamed out, like when Joey has a hernia. That's more more of that sort of sound, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it is tortuous, so I do sympathise in a way. But I'm just, I'm just still trying to work out how much those boots cost. Are we talking? I think we're talking five thousand dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that, which I agreed is ridiculous. Now, my second question to you, and I don't know if you're qualified any more than I am, and maybe if not, somebody in the sort of fashion world that listens could help us with. Are they that good boots? Well, also, uh, why does Monica have any interest in the uh, extremely painful boots in another colour? Like, yeah. she sees them, she's like, oh, it's them in, I think it's something like light tan. 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 Um like, why do you want them again? Yeah. You've already established that they're awful. I'd like, I'm the first to hold my hands up, Pete, and say, this one's a you. I'm not a connoisseur of, of the fashions, but they just look like normal boots to me. Like, regular standard boots. Well, quite they're quite flashy, though, because they're, yeah. they're statement boots. They are statement boots, but in a way that I'd be like, ah, oh, you've paid a couple hundred dollars for those, you know? Yeah. A party boot, not a remortgage your house party boot, boot. <laughs> party boot. <laughs> do you have a pair of party boots but not, party not boots shoes. no i can't i can't really wear boots because of the size of my feet and legs <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean well you know i've got quite big feet right yes famously <laughs> so it's not so much that i can't find boots to fit it's that if i find a boot that fits my foot uh, and my foot is size for, for Americans. It's size fifteen American, um, size fourteen UK. If I find a boot that fits the foot part, the boot is so big it looks like a comedy clown boot <laughs> because you know, like perspective. What you know, uh, what's the, the relative yeah. size of the boot is so huge yeah. um, that it just looks ridiculous. So I just can't wear. Boots. Okay. I'd say. This was this quite a difficult episode for you to watch. Um I I don't crave boots. Do you know what I would like, Pete? Do you know what I would like? Is like to be able to pull off some cowboy boots. When I went to Nashville, I was like Okay. I'd oh, like some right, cowboy okay. boots. I think they'd be cool. But they would just look like I was doing fancy dress. I just Unless know you're from Nashville. Yeah. And have a certain look about you. Yeah. I don't think I don't think anyone can pull off cowboy boots. I don't know. Unless you're no, do you know what? Unless you're a cowboy, I don't think you can pull <laughs> off cowboy boots. Yeah, all right, fair. Look, I'm just saying what I'd like to be able to pull off. There's plenty of things 
that I'd like to be able to pull off, Pete. And actually on the you same You mean theme, pull off style-wise as well, by the way, not pull off physically. Yeah, 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 yeah style-wise. Yeah, absolutely style-wise, yeah. That's hats, similar for me, on the cowboy theme. Like a hat that fits my enormously bulbous head just looks comically big most of the time, so I can't wear a, a, a statement hat. Well, uh, one day that might change. That and leg room in theatres and planes are the main drawbacks of being... Is a, that just because of your feet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't put, can't put the feet behind the, the, the person in front of me. <laughs> you don't ask for leg room, you ask for foot room. Exactly. So there you go. Those are the disadvantages of being a tallman. Oh, good. So to sum up, no, I don't have party boots. <laughs> I forgot I even asked that question. <laughs> I have party. Sh- I have party trainers actually. Do you? Yeah, they, I found- is that just clean trainers? Yes, exactly. But I keep them only for like if you if I'm ever wearing like a suit with trainers that kind of look. I've got well, I, I was about to say I've got one pair of white trainers that I keep just for that. They're actually they were incredibly good value. They're about twenty pounds, and I found them on sale. And then I wore them to some wedding and got like so many compliments on them. They are literally just standard like white trainers, but they look quite good with a suit. Uh, so many compliments on them. And then someone was like, you should buy like some more of them. So, you know, if if you ever, if these ones ever do get there. So I do actually have five pairs of them. <laughs> Dave, I think, I think that might be the worst story any, either of us have ever told. <laughs> it's not. Got, why is it that bad? <laughs> I, I had some trainers and people told me that they look nice. So I thought, yeah, maybe I'll buy some other trainers. Great. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Look, all I'm saying is I've got a stock room of those trainers like I'm in the Sims, like I'm Marge Simpson with the dresses for when right. the first pair uh, get too dirty or, or get worn out. <sighs> Good. Got any party boots? Uh, no, no. <laughs> anyway, it turns out Monica's boots are uncomfortable and they hurt. Um, and then they go to a party. The boots hurt. She takes them off. Chanda makes a weird comment about sex. Gives her a piggyback home. End of storyline. <laughs> That's basically it, isn't it? And Dave, do you know what we should play before we move on to the final part of this episode? Yes. What do we use to separate bits of episodes? Stings. <laughs> I see. A pre-sting sting. A pre-sting sting. Lovely, lovely work from you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Actually, I'd like to flag uh, before we move on to Sting after that Sting. Uh, the, my favorite line from the Boots storyline, which I didn't say. Uh, which is where Monica's trying to get out of wearing the boots of the party by saying, oh, my boss might see him and think you pays you too much. Oh, your assistant might see them and think they want a raise. And Chandler just goes, do you think I work at some sort of boot pricing company? <laughs> I I guffawed. I guffawed at that, Peter. I'll tell you that for, for a fact. Uh, on to Sting? Yeah, on to Sting. Do you know what my first thought was when this storyline started? Um, gone. It's a Ben episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, thankfully, it's more about Ben. Mercifully short in, appearance from Ben, yeah, isn't it? Just a brief bit of Ben. If you're new to the podcast and haven't done the full back episodes yet, we hate Ben. <laughs> yeah, he's just generally. Quite it feels. Annoying. I know your initial reaction was he's a child. How callous are you, grown men, that you hate a child? But we've been through that together. And although I know that's an acceptable initial reaction, you will come to learn that Ben is shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, we did a uh, Friends Awards once at one of our live shows where we sort of, um, what did we do? It was just like sort of best thing, worst thing. And one of the categories was worst character. And we put it to an audience vote and over 100 mm. people voted Ben as the worst character in all of Friends. So, so not don't just argue us, with us. Don't argue with us. Argue with over a hundred people. There are some um, security-based issues that I have with this episode. <laughs> I'll know. Why does the magazine that Phoebe's reading name Sting's son's school? school? That is insane. That is an issue. Yeah. Um, Sting's phone number freely available on a contact sheet. Feels it, it, like it probably wouldn't happen yet. Phoebe is in Sting's home without either Sting or his wife there. Yes. Because she arrives and then introduces herself. Yes. Wearing, what the hell is she wearing, by the way, Sting's wife? I don't know. Something to Um, do with um, Karma Sutra, probably. uh, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) She's fresh from some tantric. Yeah. Um, uh, And just generally, I think Phoebe, Phoebe, Phoebe's plan... Yes. Albeit far-fetched, yeah. <laughs> it is going really well. <laughs> I think my problem with it is, right, and uh, it's, it's, uh, I hate asking people for free tickets to stuff, right? So it, it, it rankled me when she was so blasé about it. But the thing that annoyed me the most is she gets this far, right? She gets into the Sting household 
And she could just be a bit subtler about it. I reckon she could have had those tickets within 20 minutes if she'd had a proper normal conversation, you know? But the fact she just goes, oh, could I just come to the concert within a minute? Absolutely fucks it, doesn't she? And also, someone who ends up with some sort of restraining order, it, it mm. becomes clear. What's the uh, end result for Phoebe after all of this? Gets the bloody tickets, doesn't she? She goes, she goes to the gig. How does Ross get them? Yeah, he Not bats that away. He bats that away with a Ross. Well, can. his response is just Ross can, isn't yeah. it? Which is, you know, quite a good catch-all response. It is a good catch-all response, but I'm fascinated as to how he's managed to get the tickets because he doesn't know Sting, so he's actually done some incredibly quick networking on that level. Although hasn't he? Ross is barely in this episode, is he? Yes, it's very much about Ross's son and Sting, without really seeing Ross much at all. But that is Sting's actual wife, isn't it? So. Yeah, real real life Trudy Styler. Although there is not a son called Jack. So the Jack right. is fictional. Although there is a son called Giacomo. Um, Giacomo? As in Giacomo, Italian name. As in G. Isn't that where you get G- your shoes from? <laughs> Giacomo. <laughs> yeah, named after Sting's son. Yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe, maybe, that's what, maybe they call him Jack. And maybe that is, that is real. All right. I know. Oh, I know. Um, Shout out to Phoebe's disposable camera, by the way. Yeah, do it. She just gets out. Honestly, like as Lapita points out, this is peak Phoebe behaviour. But it's unhinged as hell, isn't it? The fact that she's getting the camera out in the middle of Sting's house. She doesn't try and hide her intentions at any point. I think. I think that's what rankles a little bit, isn't it? That she's so blasé about it. But well, it's... I think the 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 resulting. Uh, restraining order mm. is probably like genuinely justified yes. based on Do you the know course what? of events. When Trudy Styler pressed that silent alarm to call the police, which I know is for the gag about the police, the band, but I was like, come on, Trudy, a bit far, just ask her to leave your house. But then thinking back logically over what's happened, this woman has within a space of an afternoon heard that her friend's son is in a class with this boy and within the space of about four hours, managed to get into their house. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is worrying if you're a celebrity of Sting's stature, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, this is the whole thing about the contact details and everything. She's just her plan comes off, despite it being a very ambitious plan, yeah. works. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, another thing that I have slight issue with in the setup of this story is that I do find it implausible that multi-million pound global superstar Sting and Ross off of Fossils would be in the sort of same tax bracket for sending their kids to a private school. Yeah, yeah, that's... Like, there are different tiers of school, aren't there? And that feels like a slight mismatch. Like, that school, knowing Sting... I mean, not not that I know Sting, but like... <laughs> knowing Sting personally as I do. Well, what I was about to say, actually, and then I realised the error of my ways was knowing how much a celebrity of that stature would care about the security of their child <laughs> would be paying a lot of money for school. But maybe he skimped out on it, and that's why Phoebe can wander into their house within an afternoon, because he hasn't paid for the good school. So maybe, actually, I've answered my own question there. Um, a few funny lines from this plot line I really enjoyed I just picked Ben up from school and Chandler saying I don't think he did a very thorough job yeah <laughs> I really really enjoy at the start when um, 
Phoebe and uh, Ross are talking about the fact that Sting's son's in Ben's class. Oh, you can't believe you never told us this. You talk about all this dinosaur stuff, you know? And this, the perfect timing of Ross goes, can I still talk about fossils? And Joey almost sits down and stands up straight away and leaves. That is really, yeah. that is <laughs> yeah. really fucking funny, that is. Um, and then actually the final takeaway is I didn't realise how much I, the word lesbianum, sort of yes that that's i didn't really realize that that's where this came from right it's a word that's really in my consciousness do you know what i mean yeah um so yeah there you go good good cultural impact for lesbianum for uh for, for sting's son who let's face it interesting that sting and trudy Styler signed off to a storyline where their son was an absolute shit well their son is a homophobe yeah <laughs> The whole reason he and Ben doesn't get on is because Ben's got lesbian parents. Yeah. Hey, oh, there's a quiz, by the way. Hey, oh, sorry. Hey, come on, Pete. You know the format. Yeah, sorry. Crikey. They don't I, just start, I didn't fully say it. They don't just start hitting people with sticks on gladiators, do they? They need Mark Clattenburg to do the contender-ready, gladiator-ready bit. Okay. And I didn't the see format- gladiators reference yeah. sitting in that part of the podcast no no i like to bring gladiators up as when i can i'll throw this back on television um you know the format and it goes like this hey pete yes is there a quiz yes good i was expecting more of a response <laughs> no no i'm glad great what's the what's the quiz Right, Lapita said there's a quiz. Lovely. Uh, it's in, uh, I know you, it's it's always good to know what kind of format the quiz is in. Yeah, always. Uh, it's a PDF today, Dave. Oh, lovely. But curiously, only four questions. Okay, sure, 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 sure. Maybe Lapita got bored. Yeah, fair. And look, uh, can we understand a sort of ADHD approach to the entire podcast? Of course we fucking can. Yeah. Question one. What is the name of the store printed on the sales receipt for Monica's boots? Oh, Lapita, you're pulling my t- strings here. I don't know what the word is. Pulling my. Do you know? Do you know what I nearly said then, Pete? Because... Testicles. It sounded <laughs> yes, like you were going to say because I had Ross taking on his testicles as a child in my head for some reason. Right. Um, nobody's pulling on my testicles. Um, I don't know. The answer's Madison. Madison. Uh... No. Right. Uh, question two, what's the name of Ben's school? This is annoying. Because I remember thinking uh, that I'm not writing I don't know it. No, go on. Smithfield Day School. <sighs> and we were being blasé about four questions, but so far, none right. But I do think you're going to get this one right, because I think you said it earlier. Question three, what was the name of Bobby's bandmate? Rooster. Rooster. I had to, I had to remember that, actually, because I've, re- I've deleted my notes about it. Rooster. And where are the seats that Ross gets for the concert? Middle balcony or something? Middle balcony is correct. Yes, middle balcony, middle balcony. Would you like to know what next week's episode is? I would, Peter, I would. And I have some information about next week's episode. Does that mean you already know what it is? No, but tell me. How do you have information well, about I'll it? I'll tell you, you tell me. Is? Good bit, right. isn't it? <laughs> I, I'm just confused. Yeah, uh, no, you, you won't be in a minute. It's a request from Vicky. Hey, Vicky. There's no quiz because she couldn't be asked. All right. So you have to... <laughs> Anyone want to do a quiz? To... Anyone want to do a yeah. quiz? Messages. You have to source a quiz. For season three, episode 15, the one where Ross and Rachel take a break. The one where Ross and Rachel take a break. Um. Oh, that's a very good... We've not done that episode. 
Apparently not. That's insane. I think I think it feels like we have because clips of this one appear in other ones, don't they? Well, Ross and Rachel take a break. Okay, well, then. Go on, then. Tell me what were you going to tell me well, about Well, hey, Pete, where is this episode set? New York. New York. Oh, are you, you're, you're going to be in New York? I'll be doing it from New York. I'll be doing it from New York City. Wow. Uh, so yeah. I'll be doing it from Birmingham. <laughs> Alabama or? The New York of the Midlands. <laughs> I will see you next week. Bye, Dave. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.